Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, uh, bring back to my memory um, 
of the old Connecting Black days. She was saying that I should have known you there. You've been around a good while yourself, my brother. Yes, yeah. Looking back, I guess that's the case. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about your company. I was looking at your profile. What is it, ISTN? Uh, IBSA Incorporated. Oh, IBSA. Okay, let me get it right. These shows are archived, and we want to be able to have our listeners be able to connect with you and hopefully use your services or purchase your services. So tell us a little bit about IBSA. Okay. uh, uh, IBSA, we're a nonprofit organization, uh, forced with tax exempt. It's uh, an organization I started back in 1991 as a student at Washburn University uh, with a few other brothers who were technically literate or at least looking down that direction. Specifically, you know, on our colleges and universities and even in our high schools, we have our Black Student Alliance and Black Student Union and different organizations, and that's about uh, getting engaged and coordinating activities and working together. Once you graduate, where do you take that energy uh, out into the community? And for lack of whatever reason, the NAACP and some of the traditional organizations just did not have, uh, I guess, what could fan my flames. And there was others. So the organization was an outlet for us to come together as graduates, work together on programs, community activities, things that dealt with the larger scope other than just having to be dealing with the issues on a predominantly white campus as a small body of black students. So as graduates, uh, as a corporation, saw that one of the best ways we could provide need is to contract with government, uh, the welfare agency, to provide one-on-one job readiness, job development, uh, job preparation services, uh, working with young people after school, first-time juvenile offenders through community service, and just trying to put together uh, an organization that provides direct services in the community with uh, a flavor of, of, of blackness, for lack of better terms, mm-hmm. and bringing that technology to the table. I'm like you when it comes to technology and there's just a gap of programs that are available to pique the interest of our young people into this technological age beyond texting and uh, Facebook. It's about applications and uh, the jobs of the future. Well, let me commend you first off, my brother uh, Lazon, because that's what the Urban Tech Fair is about, showcasing those organizations and and, and and people that are out there in the trenches doing the work right now. And, uh, you know, we all have our, our, our niche in life, as uh, Malcolm said, uh, relative to uh, uh, Martin's uh, nonprofit movement, is that if we could all move one grain of sand on the beach in our own way according to our own skills and talents, we could move the whole beach. Now, the NAACP, the Urban League, our legacy civil rights organizations do a great job at doing what they do. I commend them and all those that support them. 
But as you say, there are still gaps and niches and holes that need to be filled for those that are unengaged or uninterested. And I I support and promote uh, volunteerism, uh, people such as yourself out there in the community trying to fill those gaps and fill those holes and bridge our community together as one. Uh, Tell us what I put the initials stand for. Excuse me? Your initials, IBSA, what does it stand for? Well, uh, IBSA was formerly known as International Black Student Alliance. Uh, It's a long story of why we just went to a corporate name change just down to the initials. What I try to do is keep people focused on the activities that we do, how we're doing them, why they make a difference, uh, and the accomplishments of those, if you know what I mean. Well, I heard you mention that you're working um, with uh, ex-felons and uh, uh, juvenile offenders in terms of uh, trying to develop uh, work skills and uh, job skills for them. Is it primarily youth in terms of uh, uh, your uh, uh, recidivism work? Is it primarily youth, or do you also have programs set up for uh, adults and ex-felons? Both. Uh, One of the things... In thinking about putting together an organization and comparing it to the organizations that exist in the models of organization philosophies of founders, trying to put together not just an organization but an institution, something that has a program that uh, over the long term can make a difference. Contracting uh, with government, especially when we find African Americans are the highest unemployed, whether they're youth, uh, men or women. Therefore, they find themselves in the uh, public assistance line in disproportionate numbers. And But many of those programs that are available to them because they are receiving public assistance on employment and training services, we have not gone into those type of industries and businesses and organizations to provide uh, direct services so that when people are referred to an agency for services, they can come to some place of people who can look like them and can understand where they're coming from by being in place with court services. You can receive first-time juvenile offenders, and by contracting with the local or the state welfare agency, many of our are referred to us because they're in the system. So that has given us uh, a really good access to people who are eligible for public assistance. They just happen to have uh, a felony or have done time in their past. Uh, and it also, you know, we can only do so much as volunteers. So that's why we contract with our state government because they they pay us to do that work. And that's pretty much uh, or pay us enough to where we can pay other people to be job coaches and counselors and business coaches and uh, job developers going out and speaking with different businesses about the skills and the talent and the motivation that the people that we work with uh, have. Uh, I hear you in terms of the uh, uh, state and governmental subsistence. 
uh, I realized that with the best of intentions, when you're out there doing uh, charity or community work, there's still costs that you encumber, whether there's something as simple as, as gas or lunch with a, a, a business client. So, you know, I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, your state is is doing something to support and focus in on on stopping this revolving door and hopefully catching those uh, youngsters and engaging them, as you say, and motivating them to uh, go to the straight and narrow, for lack of a better expression, and empower themselves through uh, knowledge and uh, education to develop career choices and, and career skills. A- am I on point, or am I just talking out the left side of my mouth? Oh, no, you're on point. Uh, one of the things that I want to... Uh, I want to clear up is, you know, it's not just Kansas. You know, every state receives monies for a variety of things, federal funds, the Department of Labor, which is like the old JTPA program called the Workforce Investment Act now, and then those monies are petitioned for adults who have barriers to employment and then just specifically for youth at uh, probably low and moderate income. And they don't provide the actual programs, they really contract out or pay through vouchers, different organizations for the programs that they bring to the table. The same is in juvenile justice uh, agencies. Many times they contract out for programs for delinquency prevention or graduated sanction, uh, evening after school weekend programs, and, uh, and the welfare agencies. If they have to get a job, if they're going to receive assistance, that means that they are normally referred to some agency whose job is to give them the attention that they need to prepare a good resume and know how to go online and complete online applications and things of that nature there. If we as organizations just dig a little deeper into the state contracting pools uh, in every state, in every city, in every county, there are funds available. When we are not the providers, and don't understand that this is an industry, all the people that are in the system and refer to some agency, that is sent to some agency probably outside the neighborhood. Whether we drive out there and give them the money or we give them the money through proxy through some public service agency, it is still money that is escaping our neighborhood, our communities, our pockets, our mortgages, because we are not, uh, we haven't sized up in created some type of a platform where we are the providers of the services that we need in our communities, getting paid from the existing agencies that are already paying somebody to do this stuff already. We can employ a lot of unemployed brothers and sisters and folks with uh, bachelor's and master's degrees, you know, just by having the agencies that's not just uh, not just doing job search and job prep and those things, but finding a unique way to do it in locations and in ways that make a difference. Uh, And, you know, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because that's what we're trying to do with the uh, urban tech fair. As you said, there's many different levels of governmental and public and private support pushing towards uh, bridging the digital divide and helping our community, our people of color, 
come into the innovation uh, 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 age that's happening around us right now, whether you're talking about the uh, uh, president's broadband initiative or, as you say, on a state level, um, like Missouri, like California has their their own uh, state uh, uh, broadband opportunity coalitions and initiatives that are in place that are funded uh, through the recovery money, what they're calling these Obama dollars that are going to create jobs and services in our community, or whether it boils down to the city level where different uh, municipalities such as the city of New York or the city of Las Vegas are putting on different tech challenges trying to entice entrepreneurs and startups into the community. Uh-huh. There's a lot of different people working at this singular goal, but there's room for everyone to put it in to their own personal niche based on, based on their own uh, uh, gifts and talents and insight into our community. We live here. We know what's best for our neighborhood. There's no one-shoe-fits-all solution, yeah. no silver bullet to uh, end uh, the, the problems and the conditions of the urban community. Well, you know... I think that I've been a lot of places, and on the local level, if I do, if I listen to the people from that local level, they have their particular issues that they uh, are passionate about because they have not been addressed. In most places, there's a disparity in public funded contracting. In Kansas City, out of $64 million in construction contracts, black contractors only got $70,000 over a two-year period. That's pathetic. And that's mm. a snapshot that had been going on for probably two decades. Can't go back and change the past. So when they come to the podium wanting more government contracts, oh, it just seems like they're a rabble-rouser, you know. But when you stop and look and see that there are policies that need to be in place, so you send in some people to get those policies in place. So now that when we come back to all these contracts of the future, now we have something better to play with. I find that in a lot of cities, that uh, there's probably old policies that are on the books that have not been addressed, have not had people just to go in and deal with them. Some of the very elements that the problems that we have to face are almost elements that are not unique to the location, Topeka, Kansas City, Atlanta, but they're just unique to the American landscape. If you – there's – People talk about wanting jobs, but when you work in the field, we have to get these training centers and get people trained with the skills to enter the workforce. We don't have a lot of training centers that's within uh, close distance in the evening, afternoon, weekend, or even during the day for pre-apprenticeship, pre-technology for youth and adults, programs that start to pique the interest of a young person in IT. We sometimes wait for it. I think that if there's a core set of programs that no matter if it was in Atlanta or Topeka or Kansas City or any city, any urbanized city, so that if a young person moved from this city to any other city, that same program would be there, we would be making a larger footprint uh, than the individual type of programs that we're doing to fit the local needs, if that makes sense. That when they have a, uh, when they had the national drug problem, they came out with the, the national drug policy, and from city to city, the elements that keep 
our poverty in life are the things that I think that we really uh, need to sort of look at and figure out how can we have a universal, some universal action uh, to launch in. Well, I, I hear you in terms of trying to have a coordinated approach to a singular problem. And I agree completely here with the Urban Tech Fair, even though we have our three main components of access, education, and commerce. Each mm-hmm. different city will have a different feel and different flavor as we bring the tech fair to their community because, as you say, they'll be based on local issues and local concerns instead of uh, a, uh, a one-shoe-fits-all solution. But within that uh, template or within that structure will be the basic things that we as a community need to empower ourselves, which are, A, access to uh the Internet, we've got to have access to the information superhighway in order to succeed in the 21st century. B, access to funding. You can have the best ideas and the best projects in the world, but if you don't have no money behind you, you're doomed to fail. Yeah. B, and most importantly, education, because uh, with the power of the information superhighway, you're able to self-educate and empower yourself relative to any field or industry or art or uh, <laughs> career you choose, and then uh, lastly is commerce in terms of uh, uh, building a sustainable, viable business uh, uh, ecosystem within our community uh, that will change our ghettos into communities and that will create businesses, not jobs. We hear all this on the uh, radio and the TV now during the election year, talking about jobs, jobs, jobs. And the future belongs to those that create businesses. We've got to begin to put a mindset of becoming employers, not employees, of becoming producers instead of consumers. And uh, it is possible. They're giving away the knowledge free. And it's people like you that are on the ground out there in the trenches showing our young and old folk how uh, how to find the resources, uh, the support, and the mentorship that they need to succeed in this new age economy. I commend you once again, my brother. Oh, well, but I'm only here because I'm able to stand on the shoulders of life warriors that came before me like yourself. Uh, and I'm glad to play whatever role that I I can. You know, uh, Google, they had that competition for the Google Fiber Gigabit broadband. And Kansas City won out. Uh, Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri. And congratulations. Uh, I'm part of the. I'm have been working with them and other organizations on now that it's going to be here. What it's going, what what it's all about. And so Friday was able to take a tour of their new facility, uh, see how the components of Google Fiber is going to work see the presentation, I'll just give the example that they gave, that if uh, two cars left at the same, uh, if two cars left Kansas City going to New York at the same time, by the time the one car went 12 miles, the other car would be already in New York. That's how fast a gigabyte is to what is the industry standard today. Now, the uh, Google Fiber is an experiment to knock out the bugs, so uh, Kansas City region is a test ground, 
But you can best believe that Gigabyte Speed is going to be coming to more cities across the United States. Part of our organization's job, uh, working with others, is to make sure of that digital inclusion on how to make sure that projects, low-income housing, uh, our disparate communities are not left behind. And this is creating a challenge uh, on both sides of the Kansas City, but it's also bringing together some of the closet tech minds that were really innovative thinkers but have already sort of been uh, dejected from the table because people thought they were crazy, you know. <laughs> but now when the future catches up, uh, these are the exact people, you know, that uh, have a position. And the information that I can get, I continue to try to share it so that people can see, uh, stay tuned on how the progress is going in Kansas City on this project so that when it comes there, they'll be looking for people on the ground who will be able to be teams to go into our community. We have to talk to the people door to door, tell them how important this is to our kids' future. If you don't meet your mark, you're not on the list of priorities of getting Google Fiber going through your neighborhood. And so when you're dealing with a class of young people who have been disengaged, another class of aged people who have been self-absorbed, and another class who have been out of the loop of understanding the technology, they got a cell phone and an email, but they don't understand anything further than that, it makes a task for us to go into our community and get people to understand that uh, even if they ask you for $5, it will be a good bet for you. But sometimes it's hard to pry $5 out of somebody and, you know, Well, I won't go it, there. It's like you say, it, it's about awareness to giving a value proposition to the community. And and that's kind of where we're coming from with the Urban Tech Fair, is even though yeah. all these different entities and, and governmental organizations that we spoke of earlier are putting this major push to emphasize the importance of being connected, they still yeah. are not getting to the street level. Our, our marketing is like you say, our marketing plan is based on on people-to-people, door-to-door, business-to-business, getting right down and showing people how that $40 a month investment in uh, cable or or DSL can generate uh, uh, tens of thousands of dollars in income and resources for you as an individual if used correctly. We've been talking about recidivism and uh, expellence and so forth. One of the things that we talk about here in California and I'm part of the uh, California uh, uh, Regional Broadband uh, uh, State Commission, is that a ex-felon that learns one of three basic skills which he can teach himself in roughly 60 to 90 days, such as uh, uh, HTML5 coding, uh, uh, Flash, and so forth, which they have free courses for, whether you're talking about uh, uh, basic graphics, our, our, our basic uh, uh, social networking connectivity. If a person learns any of those three fields to any type of uh, 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 sufficiency, uh, they can qualify for a startup whether they have a record experience or not. The whole yep. dot-com app industry is so new, nobody yep. knows more than you do. So if you go learn the basics, 
what me as an entrepreneur, somebody with a fresh idea, is we're looking for somebody that can deliver, somebody that can draw the picture, somebody that can write the code, somebody that can solve the problem. And they're giving away the knowledge and the basis free now. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the posts I put up this week on the AT&T developers uh, 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 forum that they were doing here in uh, Los Angeles. But uh, they they had 12- and 14-year-old kids in there competing with uh, uh, grown adults as well as college students who all had ideas about how they could develop an app to uh, better their community and better our society. And And uh, it's a... Go ahead. Uh, That's why I get back to that, uh, uh, that localized community programming. You know, every city should have that program uh, so that uh, young people can have, those who are interested in that area can get involved. And I try to work with organizations, if they have a particular program, to find the local funds. Contacting with your local government is not a giveaway or it's not a set-aside. They're paying for services anyway. It's just that the quality of services that we need or are available are often lacking to what we need or not really available or not affordable. I think that uh, we can put together uh, – you're right. I I went through the whole process of learning how to upload stuff to iTunes uh, so that if some artist don't want to learn it but he wants somebody to buy it, then he won't have to go outside the city or go anywhere, you know, to find it. Now I'm trying to find some young people just to show them how to do the same thing, show them how to make apps, show them how to build websites with WordPress and find and locate widgets. So that as we have those who are interested in sales, uh, basically we can sell websites. They get paid as a commission for the sales. They get paid as a uh, on a contract price for doing the work, trying to flip this into some type of entrepreneurial experience, utilizing their existing creative skills. Exactly. You know, it's about the entrepreneurial spirit in the 21st century economy. If you have an idea that has uh, uh, value and work to you, the web is so big that it's going to have value and it's going to be a commodity to someone else. What oh, yeah. I like to call the, uh, the the products of the mind, uh, whether you're talking about music, video, poetry, books, apps, video games, these are products that we can create digitally and store, market, and distribute without ever having to touch them. And these are going to be the products of the future, and we've got to get our kids to start looking about the ideas that they have and how they're going to start applying so that, again, we won't be the, the the last on the bus as it's pulling away from our neighborhood. Well, you know, uh, all animals in the in the kingdom probably the young probably learn by watching the older. And if we stand back and look at ourselves and say, "What do our kids see in us?" Then that'll determine where they will end up somewhere down the road. There's not a lot of uh, I've been to other countries in the Air Force, and in most other countries where they owned shops and we came in and purchased, they were used to seeing their families make money 
Whereas in America, our kids just see us leave home and go to work and come back after it's done, and they don't see the experience in their informative years. Getting our uh, young people engaged in our businesses, summer job shadowing uh, in our organizations, in our businesses, finding summer employment programs, having them come in and help us in the things that they can do like social media and some of those other things that we can teach them. Well, you touched on uh, uh, one of my hot buttons when you started off talking about the uh, uh, the parents and adults. Uh, the kids get it. It's my generation that buys all these iPads and e-books and toys and stuff and uses them as vanity items and coffee table yeah. books to sit around and show people what they got instead yeah. of, as you're saying, uh, demonstrate to the kids, show the kids how to utilize these quote-unquote toys as tools. Uh, you know, all these kids have Xbox and game players, yeah. but do they have educational games? Do they have uh, 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 educational apps? And, and, and programs so that while you're having the TV babysit them, they can learn something while they're sitting in front of that uh, uh, idiot box so that we can begin to develop their interest and concern. Now, my generation remembers the old encyclopedia. Uh, well, nowadays our cell phone is the encyclopedia. Yeah. So we've got to show the kids, instead of reaching out to talk to your uh, your buddy that's around the corner and sometimes standing in front of you as they text back and forth, they can use that same device to find out what's happening in their community, where they can get summer jobs at, where they can get support, where they can get scholarships, where they can get assistance in the areas that interest them. So we've, we've got to give them uh, that what's in it for me factor. We've got to act with a value proposition to technology so that kids will see that there's something in it more than just being entertained. Well, that's, uh, that leads me right into uh, one of our model programs that we have been uh, have worked over numerous years uh, before technology, and that's the uh, youth entrepreneurship, the income opportunity program. In the past, when we first started, we would set up the tables, get a donation of something. Young people would sell raffle tickets. Uh, they would earn 50% of whatever they sold. We've had 14-year-olds make six to $700 in a weekend. Uh, young people selling black greeting cards, calendars during the holiday season make six to $700 in a couple of months. Just that peak interest in earning money, which is always a motivator, whether you're young or old. Now that technology is here, Streets University portion of our program, which is uh, to be funded through federal funds, will provide young people with a laptop or an iPad, and they will be taught how to build WordPress websites. We have our directory, and so teaching them to use the iPad, we envision young people calling your business, setting up an appointment with you, come and speaking with you about what their involvement in the program is, what they're doing in the program, and seeing if you would like to get in our directory, even at $80 a year, and learn the practices of salesmanship, courtesy, writing a thank you letter, uh, 
and because of the commission that they earn, understanding wealth building through commission and residual income and not just be stuck on the the factors of wage income. If a person wants to sign up right there and they have their iPad, they can either sign up right there online or they can put into Square or Intuit swipe card and people can do it there so that they have to fulfill the whole experience of being professional and using technology for e-commerce in which they're going to make money based off of their presentation, their skills, and the way they conduct themselves. Now, if we have 1.6 million black businesses, we already have an internal pool of potential customers. If we just sort of, hopefully we can, look at the internal economics that we have at play that is like uh, energy that has not been stored and then find a way of harnessing that energy to where we can bring these businesses onto the Internet in the process of empowering our young people at the same time. Now, nobody can take away this opportunity but us. But if we have a commitment of $1.6 million, 6 million black-owned businesses to support young people to the tune of $80, we're looking at enough money to where we can start doing some of the own things ourselves. We have to start somewhere. I agree with you completely. Now, you know, uh, we've been on the show for a little bit, and uh, we're we're, kind of going into it. As I said, it is archived, so people will review it later. So can you give us your your URL, your web address, and maybe not only to yours, but to the uh, Google Fiber Project that you were talking about and some of the other initiatives that are happening there locally in the Kansas City and Missouri area for people that might want to take advantage of it? Well, first I want to say one thing as far as your urban tech there. Uh, We'll get offline and talk about this, but it may be something that can bring your expertise to the area here where uh, you can do what you do best. Sometimes it's best to bring outside forces to just come in and do the job instead of getting involved in local politics. So, I more than want to speak with you about that. Uh, second, our website is www.ibsa-int.org. Uh, our program for the youth entrepreneurship is www.streetsuniversity.org. As far as other activities that are going on in the regional Kansas City area, there's a lot of buzz. Not only did Google come to town, but both Kansas cities have prompted themselves as becoming the most entrepreneurial place in the United States. So it is bringing innovators and creative thinkers uh, together to talk about putting together broadband TV shows and digital storytelling is something that's really big. Uh, now, mm-hmm. turning that iPad into uh, three, five, ten, thirty-minute clips uh, and getting it out there. The video, of course, will be taking off. Google's idea, it's a business of what they're doing. It wasn't just Google Fiber, but it was also Google Fiber with HDTV, with tens of thousands of stations that's going to come with it. They're going to be the biggest competitors with Cox and all these other people in the very near future. And so it is uh, uh, trying to bring our businesses, our organizations up to speed on 
understanding that Google is an international corporation, a leader in the industry. So now Google Drive, Google Apps for Business, uh, a lot of other things that when you keep just keep your Hotmail and your AOL email and you don't want to go to Gmail just because you don't want to change, there's going to be a whole other world of technology that you're going to miss out on. Now, I'm not selling anything for Google or anything, but from a techie perspective, they're the best pony in the race from where I can see. Well, let me co-sign what you're saying because uh, I'm not a pimp for any uh, uh, tech corporation, even though I'm pushing technology all the time. But uh, from an entrepreneurial level, the Google set of cloud tools is the most uh, uh, efficient uh, business tool that's hit the market since computers themselves. When you can run yeah. spreadsheets and every other type of application you want without the initial capital cost of buying the software and then integrate it with all your other different social networking communication platforms, uh, that can't be beat in terms of marketing, distributing, and selling electronic goods. As, as well as... Uh, intranet and workspace working. Collaborate, now, collaborative on documents. Yeah, one of the big things that's happening here on the West Coast is uh, co-working. Now, I know that uh, in the Kansas City area, due to the uh, uh, the poverty rate and the economy and everything, that they have a lot of uh, vacant and unused uh, uh, structures. What they're doing uh, here on the um, West Coast is they're going in and taking buildings and creating uh, rooms where you, quote-unquote, rent a desk. If if you want to start a yeah. business or, 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 or set up something and you're tired of working out of home with your wife and your kids and everybody hogging for the uh, computer time or whether you just want to be around like-minded people, yeah. these co-working uh, facilities are turning out to be a, a great opportunity, a low-cost startup for businesses. Yeah. Well, one of the so things we have a lot of co-working up there in, in your area. Oh yes, uh, one of the things that we have here is we provide uh, access to conference rooms, computers, individual rooms just to come and meet with people as needed. Um, I think that if I would have gone the traditional route, I would have probably had some small. I probably would be thinking inside the lines but I'm not of that caliber, so some of the things that I do, you know, is sort of in line with uh, the type of workspace that are most desirable today. Um, gentlemen, can I just take a moment, and I do apologize, caller from the 541, but the caller from the 541 has been on hold for a while. Oh. Um, you mind taking a call right now? Oh, we love it. We always want to hear from her. Okay, we had Cynthia in the chat room, too. Say hi, Cynthia, and hi to everyone in the chat room. Hi, caller from the 541. Yes, that's Mike Green. Hi, Mike. How are you, sir? I'm doing just fine. Uh, Thank you for the show, and um, uh, thank you for this gentleman. I didn't catch his name, though. I'm sorry I tuned in late. Lazone Graves, Jr. Mr. Lazone, I appreciate it. My name is Mike Green. I'm a co-founder of the America 21 Project. I want to ask you some questions because you live in Kansas City, is that correct? Actually, I live in Topeka, but I work the region. 
Okay. Uh, and I heard you mention that Kansas City wants to be a player as far as a hub of entrepreneurship, and I think that uh, Kansas City has all the, the pieces to do that. I mean, the Kaufman Foundation, the largest foundation dedicated to entrepreneurship, is in uh, your region, right? Yes, it is. But just because it's in the region <laughs> doesn't yeah, mean exactly. that. Exactly, and, and that's where I'm going, so you're ahead of me. <laughs> The point, the point that uh, I've been noticing with Kaufman for all the years that Kaufman's been in business is that uh, what it has done to uh, build support, supportive infrastructure and build resources uh, for regions, it has neglected people of color. And, uh, yes, they do have a diversity coordinator. Um, that, that means uh, zero. Now, Google is coming into your, into your uh, uh, region and offering a, a certain type of service. And uh, and I hear what you're talking about with regard to the data where 1.6 million black-owned businesses, if we, if we can do X, then Y will occur. And I just want to offer you this. Of those businesses, almost 90% are sole proprietors with zero employees and no money. They are undercapitalized. So there's no job growth. In fact, out of all those businesses, 1.6 million, only 107,000 are actually generating income. And so when we talk about the capacity of black-owned businesses to produce or to contribute to a regional innovation uh, cluster, and that's what, what Kansas City is trying to build, the problem is, is that we don't have any money. And the money that we do have, we spend in uh, consumerism rather than invest. And so when Google comes in, they're investing in your community. And other other folks who come outside of your community and come into it, they're investing in your community. So my question to you is, where are the black folks who are investing in your community, and uh, how much are they contributing to your efforts to to bolster and support and increase your capacity? Well, uh, I don't our organization don't receive a lot of support. It has not received a lot of support. I've just taken that, which has probably added to the strength of me thinking outside the box, where I don't need the financial support of my people to keep the doors open and do the things that I want to do. We contract with government agencies to do specific work that we can, and government pays well. So just transferring that money there on doing things for people who cannot pay. The young people who can't make a determination to pay or not, but who need somebody on point right now, is really the payoff. Uh, I can understand there was two things you said, that we don't have money, and then the money that we do have, we don't spend it right. So that sort of negates the first one. We do have money. Uh, it's just that we're not spending it right. Even the one of those 90% of black businesses that don't have any hiring uh, employees, what they can do is upgrade their knowledge on how to use the equipment that they have for their business in a more technologically efficient manner so that they can be more productive. If, uh, if you shoot for grapes, you get grapes, and if you go for cantaloupes, that's probably what you get. If we just keep looking at creating the type of businesses that have no room to grow to scale, 12 or 13 employees, that's a mindset that we want to keep small businesses. Now, we have to uh, probably stop relying on some federal agencies, and I'm not 
I'm just going to call it as it is, considering the economics that we live in. The small business development centers are federally funded all over the United States, yet our conditions don't get any better. I think that we need to start looking at creating some of our own business development and support centers and bringing us the type of services and things so that when these small businesses, not can they just come to a place to get one-on-one consultation on getting their paperwork in order and other things, but they can come in and start getting schools and assistance on taking advantage of some of these contracts that are tax dollars too so that we can help them win a contract, help them source other quality employees, and help them grow from there. There's policies on the book that we really don't take advantage of that could probably boost some of our business, but we don't have organizations that are really focused on keeping us informed and getting out of those who don't want to go anywhere, those who do want to go somewhere, they should have access to the information and the people. And who is more passionate about giving the information and moving a person forward like like it should be like our own people? Let me chime in here because you're speaking to one of the people that's trying to work outside of the box. Uh, Mr. Green and the America 21 Project is trying to develop an understanding or mindset of the value of reinvestment in the new age economy. Vis-a-vis uh, 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 .com, Angel, and uh, different growth state funding based on uh, a community collaboration where he is now talking to people across the country, both uh, uh, rich and poor, uh, just talking about the benefits of uh, investing in our uh, .com company or startup versus trying to uh, flip a house or, or, or turn a car. Uh, our, our community is known to put in uh, uh, money into quote-unquote, quick turnover, fast street corner deals. But now with the new age economy, uh, for example, companies that uh, traditionally might have taken five to ten years to turn a profit are now being uh, resold or acquired within one to two years. And uh, uh, Pinterest and a few other just quick Uh examples of companies that were just simply an idea uh, uh, 12, 24 months ago and now they're worth uh, uh, millions of dollars. I'll let you kind of blow your horn, Mike. I just wanted to say thank you for uh, listening to the show and, and for for chiming in, calling in, and letting people know about the uh, America 21. And, and just to give you a plug, for those yeah, people on yeah. the East Coast that will be uh, attending the uh, BDPA conference in uh, Baltimore next week, uh, Mike will be holding, hosting an investor dinner so if you want to learn about how to make money off of this new age economy, we have the man on the show right now to help. Mike, you want to go for it? Jim, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, the America 21 Project, if anyone can uh, see what we're all about, just go to blackinnovation.org. That's blackinnovation.org. And you're right. On July 31st, uh, prior to the official opening of the uh, uh, Black Data Processing Associates' uh, 34th annual convention, we will hold a leadership. Innovation Summit and Dinner. 
that evening on July 31st. That's Tuesday. And um, tickets are 100 bucks. So uh, those are fo- the, the, the folks that are going to be in that room are the folks who are serious. We have a, a, a very serious lineup, and if you go to blackinnovation.org, you will see that we're not playing around. Uh, we One of our top priorities is changing the economic narrative across black and urban America from a 20th century economic mindset to a 21st century knowledge-based, tech-driven, global innovation economy. And what you guys are doing uh, on the ground with your programs and, and, and with your education of young people and, and uh, uh, community collaboration, that, that's all part of an ecosystem, a larger ecosystem. And we also speak to the, um, uh, the established innovation clusters, and we promote inclusive competitiveness across the, the landscape because guess what? When the strategies are created, the economic strategies for every region in the country for 10 years and 20 years, we're not in the room. That's going to change. The America 21 Project is going to change that. So that's going to help your ecosystem because one of the things that you need, and I, I mentioned it earlier, is you need you need funding, you need capital because you can teach someone how to build a business. That matters not if they can't get capitalized. Um, uh, Mike, can you just um, also share with um, Lazon your, you know, the the, the three pillars. Um, Yes, and, you know, America we, uh, we we have cre- thank you. I appreciate that, Jacqueline. We have um, uh, created a framework that has been accepted across the country from the White House to Silicon Valley uh, legendary investors, and that framework is a pipeline to productivity, seamless channel. Uh, the pipeline is STEM education, science, technology, engineering, and math that creates the workforce and the high growth entrepreneurs that we need in our community. So, STEM education is the the first. Uh, pillar in the pipeline of productivity, and that creates your workforce. The second thing is high-growth entrepreneurship. Now, we definitely need entrepreneurs of all kinds, so don't get me wrong. We definitely need that. But the problem with having a whole bunch of entrepreneurs and none of them or very few of them are high-growth is exactly where we are now. we got no job growth, and we have no capitalization, so that's a problem. We need more high-growth entrepreneurs, and that's the second pillar. And the third pillar is, of course, access to capital and capital formation. Uh, I'll give you an example. Last year, most people don't even know this, $52 billion, $52 billion, this is in one year, was invested in roughly 70,000 companies across the nation. We were, on, we were not on either side of that equation. We weren't the ones investing, and we weren't the ones receiving. That's a problem because that's happening every single year, which means the chasm of the, of the divide between us and the innovation economy is growing wider every quarter. Not every year, but every quarter. We are so far behind that we need to collaborate in order to create exponential uh, progress and exponential impact, and that means we need to come together. And guess what? Here's the thing. I like what you're doing because, you're, like I say, you're part of the ecosystem, and collaborating with you, funding you, getting you the support you need helps build your capacity, and we need to do that, not depending on, on government or just government uh, contracts or just Google coming in and trying to uh, 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 peddle their wares. That's all part of it, but we need to do something. Well, one of the, and just to be brief, you know, what you're saying like I said, a lot of times there's policies that were put in place that we just never took advantage of. And you know that new crowdfunding that's supposed yes. to help small businesses, just like they have Black Enterprise and other things, I think that your group and who you're dealing with could probably become like the national premier black crowdfunding, like Kickstarter. But our businesses and entities can use you as the vehicle. 
Well, I agree policies. with you, and, and here's, a, here's the there thing. I've written a lot about it an um, advantage, but we don't know what people like you can go in and find the ins and the outs and create a good model that we can come to because we don't have time to do it. Exactly. I agree with you 100%, and I've written extensively about the crowdfunding before it was signed on April 5th and afterwards. I even wrote an article criticizing black journalists, asking why aren't black journalists talking about this issue when it is across the ecosystem of uh, uh, the majority uh, media. Why aren't we informing our people? And you know what? I, see, here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm an award-winning journalist with 16 years of uh, uh, media experience, a New York Times Leadership Academy Fellows training at CNN.com. I know the media landscape. The fact that journalists in our community are not talking about this and those that are in the, the, the right. mainstream are not talking about this is deliberate, and I am angry about that. I am too. Yeah. Like, uh, mm-hmm. You can do that, brother. Well, Talk with your people. I'll be looking for y'all to have the, the number well, one well, senior black yeah. crowdfunding process for the, all of us to come to and work together and work it out. Well, well Lizanne, um, I, think, I think what uh, Mike is saying is that he, he's reaching out to you because, as we also, all, often say about the spirit of uh, Ubuntu, that we are because of all of us. So yeah. he needs your support, and maybe after the show you two can connect and yeah. uh, you can kind of spread the word about what he's doing to uh, your base and, and vice versa. Uh, as we As you both said, you know, the media is not going to cover uh, what we're talking about in terms of empowerment. They're going to cover sensational items and fluff. But we've got to start talking about what's real in our, in our community. And we've got to start pointing to people that are, are working toward the practical solutions. This is what the Urban Tech Fair is all about, showcasing the different organizations and groups that are out there doing good work right now as we speak, that are doing amazing things with little or no funding or new new budgets. We are an amazing people, uh, whether you're talking about uh, Mike Green's uh, America 21 project or whether you're talking about the OIC's uh, 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 $10 from uh, a million companies. Uh, I'm speaking with uh, Herschel uh, Daniels today about the African Union's initiative yeah. to reach out to African-American businesses and set, uh, for lack of a better expression, a priority or a, uh, a, a, some type of affirmative action program to ensure that Americans, African-Americans are included in on the new development and the expansion that's taking place right now all over the continent of Africa. So yeah, we have yeah. the technical brain, brain trust. We have the knowledge. We have the experience. Many of us have spent 5 and 15 years at IBM or the phone company or the cable company, and now it's time to take that knowledge and experience and collaborate together to develop a way to generate a sustainable income in our own neighborhoods, in our own backyard. If Silicon Valley is about the spirit of innovation and entrepreneurship, who knows it better than us? Now, i like to just take this one step further, gentlemen, to for all three of you. When um, the Urban Tech Fair right now is the thing that connects us all. And, you know, it's from Jim's knowledge of all these great 
tech people out of whom he knows experience came the idea of the urban tech fear. It becomes a great connector, and it's becoming the, right now, really the urban tech fear is like a marketing tool. And I think we do we do a little bit more than showcase. Jim likes to use that word, but I really feel it's not um, adequate because we're putting in an infrastructure not to showcase but to demonstrate. We provide an infrastructure, say, okay, we're coming into a commercial carter, we're going to put up a hardwire Wi-Fi, and we're going to drive traffic to that, to that carter. And in turn, we're going to start helping local commerce. And then we're going to go and we're going to learn a little bit virtually, and we're going to drive the whole community because they've got a Wi-Fi cloud, so they hyped on that. Now we're going to take take them from that Wi-Fi cloud, not just being hyped on, as you say, just Facebook and texting, but we're going to hype them to a virtual expo. Mm-hmm. And as we get virtual hype, then we're going to take that from the virtual world and bring that to an on-the-ground expo over a 30-day period. So we give ourselves time and we kick it off in the commercial car to on the ground. We go we go to virtual and come back to on the ground. So when we come back to the on the ground demonstration, we have the most people. And in there we have a three day tech challenge that will address an issue in that community. Um, for instance, in our community, our um, state state representative W. Curtis Thomas wants to address um um the um oh, when people come back from prison what's it called recidivism is them coming back in and out but what he wants to dr- huh reentry reentry there you go when they come back what they, he wants to address is making sure that these people are have a higher skill level so basically, he's teaching about teaching them effective tech programs, like his free education and different things, to increase their skill level and um, the entrepreneurial level, so that they can, um, you know, get jobs or, or 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 get paid. Because you know, you know, one there's a whole issue with hiring them. Did you, even when they come back, most of them are even even if they have some skills and get hired, it's at a very low pay. And so he wants to increase that education rate. So we we do that either with an app or with a game. So at the end of our three-day tech challenge, we have, you know, purposely, strategically addressed an issue within that community that it can directly come back and solve. In the meanwhile, while all this is going on, we already see that – we learned about ISB, IBSA today, all the good work it's doing. Um, you see the great accolades of my screen. Now he recognizes your company and say, wow, this is someone we want to connect with in Kansas City. Um, America 21 say we want to connect with the Urban Tech Fair. The Urban Tech Fair wants to connect with the America 21 project. Um, and, and it really brings us all together. And I do... You know, the biggest thing I really like about the Urban, I mean, America 21 project is um, I do like to, you know, for all the social movements and everything, he who pays the piper picks the tune. And that's generally the problem. We always leave out our equation is the economics, and that's why our civil rights movement wasn't as effective as it could have been. So, you know, we are all brought here together for a purpose, 
and everyone at this table at the moment are strategic thinkers. So if we just leverage what we have together, you know, we will definitely be at a much better place and we definitely can use each other to leverage ourselves to get each other closer to our, our goals, which benefits us all in the end. Jacqueline, thanks so much for that. I really appreciate it. Uh, gentlemen, uh, lady, I have to run, but uh, thank you so much for having me on your show. Mr. Lazone, I look forward to talking with you more offline yeah. and uh, supporting you in any way, shape, or form we can. Okay, and I'll get your information from one of the two. Uh, I appreciate well, it. I'll, I'll get you, I'll get you uh, his direct email, and okay. uh, you two can communicate together because it, it, it's all about sharing the knowledge and sharing the dollar. And I just wanted to say something about uh, what uh, Jackie's just said and what your uh, organization, ISDA, is doing in terms of trying to stop the revolving door with uh, ex-felon, is that entrepreneurship is such a big movement now that they're teaching it in the California prison system. In San Quentin, they have startup courses so that Felons that are coming out of jail, instead of looking for a business, will have the basic skills to create a business. And yeah. whether you're talking about the gangbangers on the corner who have found that it's more profitable to sell uh, 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 pirated DVDs than crack cocaine, technology is going to be the wave of the future, and we've got to get our kids to begin to focus on stuff that builds our community instead of destroys our community. Because as I said earlier, the kids got it. They know how to make money. They know how to flip a dollar. It's us adults that have been trained all our life to get a job, hold it for 10 years, get a gold watch. We've got to change our mindset to encourage our kids' dreams, hopes, and aspirations to realize that when they're playing that video game, they're not just uh, enjoying entertainment but they're learning digital skills of the future that they'll be able to use on other uh, jobs, uh, whether through the military. You, re- you hear often how they're talking about they use that, that game, or what we call, yeah. uh, and Mike's familiar with this term, gamification, to uh, uh, train employees and to educate employees on new policies and, and new work skills. So we've got to encourage our children. Uh, if they want to be a rapper, Show them how to write it down so they'll learn how to read and write. Uh, if, if they if they want to be a, a singer, support their efforts and get them into different programs and everything to build the talents that they've expressed an interest in. Yeah. Oh, let me get yeah. off my soapbox this evening. <laughs> yeah. Now, Mike, just want to check blackinnovation.org. I think he might have got off the phone. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. then. Yes, but that's, and, like, okay, that's his website, blackinnovation.org. Okay, so if we could just go over these web URLs one more time, Lazone, if you could just give them one more time for the listeners because we stopped streaming live. So, um, but when people listen back to the show, can you give it? It's in a chat room, but can you just repeat it one more time? Uh, yes, uh, our organization is www.ibsa-inc. .org, the streets education portal is www.streetsuniversity.org. Okay. 
And black in um America twenty one project is blackinnovation.org. And that's you know, blackinnovation.org. And, and and for those that just got a taste of what Mike Green is, is about and what he's been writing about for years with the Huffington Post and other uh, uh publications, simply Google his name. Uh Mike Green, he's a very popular and nationally well-known uh, uh, writer and columnist. Uh, so w- what time are we at now, Jackie? Well, we stopped streaming live, so <laughs> I guess we can get ready to go. Cynthia, um, we got to just shout her out. She was just going on in the chat room, and she was saying, she said, feels like church. <laughs> well, she was saying, <laughs> and then she said, yes. Now, go ahead. No, she ahead, also said, let's talk to Melissa Harris-Perry. She'll listen to us. <laughs> uh, just to add on to what you had said, you were saying about uh, what we can do to work with young people and get them the skills, uh, and those ex-offenders coming back and opening uh, being entrepreneurs. One of the most important things is the business development and the support services. When a person is ready and they have the skills to go to work, Having that person who can work with them on an ongoing basis in a development, uh, providing support services, whether they provide it directly or they can refer them to a good qualified source so that we don't just get the get the runaround. So not only we need some people who are sort of working to position themselves so that when a young brother or sister comes to a certain degree with a certain level of skills, I can pick up the phone and call somebody and at least get them in the room. And if I've built up a relationship with this person here, I can get them some work. Some of those skills of of negotiating, when we get 60 and 70 years old, we should be able to pick up the phone and call somebody and get things done. And also, too, one of the things I really hope that we work with within the Urban Tech Fair, which we actually talked about, was what we're calling coded language. Um, we need to understand how to convert. You know, a lot of times language is a good tool to use to separate. And um, just like you said, someone raps, teach them how to write it down and read. Now, it's not just about reading. In order, you know, to be an effective rapper or MC, because the MC is generally just much more lyrically skilled, it's 16 bars in a hook. Now we're talking about counting hmm. in multiple ways. And you're talking about rhythm. And then you go into rhythm and you want to go back to English and you want to go back to poetry. And I am a big camera and Shakespeare and sonics. And, you know, there are a lot of places you can take what they're actually doing. And so sometimes when things seem, you know, say, well, I can't do that. Well, that's what you're doing. You know, you can't tell me you can't count if you can do 16 bars and a hook. Because there's no way you can pull out 16 bars by guessing every time. You you know that that the rhythm of uh, rap and the rhythm of spoken word are two different rhythms. And spoken word doesn't necessarily require 16 bars and a hook. So a rapper that has that ability, you know, does have an ability in all accounts. And then when you partner maybe a rapper with a quality spoken word artist and a rapper needs. You know, generally learns and okay, I need to also get my my um, language up because there's a lot of times that's where spoken word artists will excel over rapper, unless they you know you know we do have a lot of old old school old school quality MCs, 
But that's, again, you know, just teaching the skill of being able to manipulate language and, um, you know, stating it in different forms, you know, say, oh, i got to learn all those words. Not, look, I'm going to show you how to manipulate. I'm going to show you how to say one thing but mean a hundred different things and, you know, how to, you know, just, you know, sounds cool because you said this, but this actually meant all of these different things and you sound deep. You know, it's just a lot of different ways we can start allowing um, our young people to see, and even our, old, our older people. A lot of times we have to think, well, if they rap, yeah, let them write it down and then they can read. But we write the way we speak. So teach them how to speak and then you will can teach them how to write. And it is a high skill to learn, and it's not something everyone can do. And it's a skill to be respected. One thing that I came here in Topeka, everyone has their city council, and most of the times there's a public comment or people can come and speak to and address an issue. And a lot of times now it's you can watch it on TV or on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Speaking for five minutes and some testimony, whether it's the State House or at City Hall, is no different than having to put together a five-minute song or rap. Putting mm-hmm. the words and having to write the words down uh, is just, uh, you may, uh, maybe it sounds a little bit more intellectual. One of the things that I try to do is videotape me going to City Hall, taking on some issue, and then coming back and showing some young people, whether I win or whether I lose, to show them what it looks like to have to present to speak truth to power. One, they can see that I'm not afraid to go there and speak. Two, I try to show them how I have done research, I have copies for everyone, I'm ready for the questions, so that if they never do it in the next seven years, at least they would have experienced that. When you are on the TV giving testimony, there could be fifteen or 20,000 people watching that city hall meeting at that time. So you're not really talking to the nine or five or six people there. So as you... Uh, Understanding the the power of the word, whether that's through spoken word, maybe when they can really understand how powerful the word is, writing down lyrics could just be preventing them from doing testimony somewhere else down the road. Once but a lot of them write too. I, 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 yeah, I like to share a lot of them write too. So you know, you know, some like um, Dr. Jeremiah Wright. He gave us classes, you know, um, United Way hired him to give classes on, you know, youth development. He talked about an asset approach. And, you know, he generally talked, you know, basically speaking how we're taught from a European standard. And a lot of times the goal is to raise us up to a European standard. Um, And what he was trying to explain is that, um, you know, we're Africans and we, we we learn in an African way, whether or whether we learn in a European way, um, no one, no way is better than the other. There's nothing to raise one up to. They're just different. And so, you know, he talked about working from an asset approach. And I think that's one of the biggest things adults need to learn because it's, you know, I really feel there, you know, there's a, can a lot of times be a huge ignorance around rap. And rap is extremely diverse, and it's, you know, well, hip-hop is a culture. Rap is, you know, an art form. But, I mean, I know people way older than me that rapped. So, you know, um, but when you speak, if we speak from an asset approach, 
so they were speaking to empower and and don't make certain assumptions because if you I mean, take KRS-One, and if you don't know who KRS-One is, then you are at a disservice to yourself. You need to go back to school. Just like you said, I mean, KRS-One, you must learn. You go put that ramp on, and I probably will say 90% of blacks don't know in that four, that's probably three and a half to four-minute rap. They probably don't know a lot of the things in history that are just taught in that one rap. Mm-hmm. And that's called You Must Learn. And that's just, I mean, but that's one of the, you know, starters of, of the hip-hop movement and um, what it was actually all based on. But the point is it was based on learning. They do write, you know, a lot of them do write their lyrics. Um, and for, you know, now the ones that don't, they do need to be challenged. I work with um, actually at, you know, residential home for boys. And they all look and they see the glitz and glamour, and they all say that they want to be a rapper. But, you know, the one thing, again, is to, by coming from an asset approach, actually look at a child and see, you know, what are their gifts and talents and support that and show them how to use that. You know, we had one young man, he was excellent at oratory, but he he was not a creative writer. Um, he didn't write well, and even if he did, he didn't have too many super creative thoughts. So he would be the person, he would be the performance artist, and he would need to partner with someone that who was a, a good writer. But he did have a great stage presence, great delivery, so he was a good orator. He 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 looked real good. We actually got him on, you know, some nonviolent campaigns. Um, you know, PSAs, he did the radio, he did all over the buses. You, you know, you can actually look at where a person excels. Because sometimes kids just, you know, you know they want to be rappers because we want to be rappers. And we try to support that. We learned he could, can't write his way out of paper bag. Mm-hmm. So it, it just, I mean, he wasn't creative. He didn't have the creative. He wasn't the creative one, but he had delivery. So we, you know, just taught them. It's just a lesson to learn what I'm really saying with our young people and be, like, kind of mindful when we speak that we really have a true knowledge base. And sometimes we're trying to speak up, but we're kind of putting it down because I can tell you so many young people way younger, 9, 10, probably younger than that, that can write and write raps and write, you know, and write very well. And and they can start it off early. So it's kind of look look at where a young person is, see where their gifts and strengths are, build those up, and then you know in areas that they're weak, you know, you know help them get support in those areas. But um, well, you know, essentially what you're saying, uh, Jackie, is even though you're focusing in on the uh, the rap or the 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 hip hop. Uh, 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 logistics or our methodology to creating a, a cut is the same thing that the tech challenges are, are built around. We're always talking about demystifying tech. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm like saying. Those, if, if we look at where yeah. our similarities are, where we're the right. same and where our strengths are, and and if you actually break something down, it doesn't matter if it was if the one person's in the rap or some somebody could be into well, you know graffiti well, art you, if you break it down you will see that there is technique and all certain, to it certain basic principles to 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 any application and mm-hmm. uh, just like at a, a a basketball or a sports camp 
doesn't teach you how to shoot any better, but it teaches you the fundamentals and the and the reasoning uh behind the game and the 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 insights of the game. And that's what our, our tech challenges do. Teaches you how to collaborate, teaches you how to to uh, uh prepare as the zone was saying, to get your preparation, to do your research, to think your In project the problem out. solve. Before before you even I was at uh, AT and T this weekend at their hackathon, and the guys told you if you start writing code in the first thirty minutes here, you're going to lose. You're going to lose because regardless of how good your code or your your program is, you haven't thought out the concept or built a team around to collaborate to make your idea work. And those are the same principles that take Lazon was speaking of in terms of just business and public speaking, mm-hmm. and the same things you're speaking of in terms of uh, hip-hop and all the different attributes that make it what it is. Once you get out there, you begin to learn all these things which you wasn't quite aware of. But we're running out of time now. As Jackie said, we're, we're, you know, the live stream is off and, and we're on. So let me take the time just to uh, thank my brother for coming on the show and to tell us about all the great work that he's doing in the uh, Kansas City, Missouri area and encourage us that there are more like-minded people such as himself that are out there in that area working to make it better for our community. We want to thank you, Lazar. Oh, I'm truly honored to have uh, been called to be on your show, and I look forward to getting offline and going to the next step uh, <laughs> working together. All righty, so you're going to build the Urban Tech Fair in Kansas City? Well, you're yeah, going to host one there? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I, I'll soon, what's the time frame that a person you have to have before you can make your decision? The, well, the Urban well, Tech we, Fair is a, is, a, is a movement of the people. It's, it's not about individuals. Uh, the time frame is based on what the community wants to deliver. Uh, our criteria is very simple. Uh, a, you must have a nonprofit on the ground that's willing to take responsibility for the events because uh, it's not a free ride. It's hard work, and it's going to take ownership and, and, and participation from the community as a whole. Then secondly, you must have identified a college or university that can serve as a venue. And thirdly, you must be able to identify a corridor a business corridor or a section of the community where we're going to place the Wi-Fi car would be most effective at. So some communities such as uh, Cincinnati we've been talking about, uh, talking with lately, has all those components in place and they're ready to go like yesterday. Whereas other communities it might take time to organize to meet Thanks, those Philly. three criteria. No, we're not going to Philly ready to go. So to answer your question, it's all about your community, the resources that you have at hand, and and the extent to which you want to to move. We're there from national to support you, to provide you the infrastructure, the technical experts, the uh, uh, hardware, the uh, 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 guidebooks, and everything you need. You just need to have the people on the ground. The Urban Tech Fair is about people and communities. As Jackie hates to hear me say, we're showcasing what already is we in your neighborhood. <laughs> we're demonstrating what already is in your neighborhood. <laughs> well, I so, think I have yeah. free resources, so I'm ready to go. Yeah, so well, we do, 
we get your well, I'll give your name and information to Candy Best. She's our city leader liaison. She will send you um our city um guidebook. And then you know, cause you, and then you just bring it to you know, get yourself an organizing committee together. You guys bring it together, and you set your tone. You say, you know, um, what your tech challenge will address this and that, and you decide, you know, how long it's going to take you to get things implemented. You know, you give us back the dates, and then you know, we just work work toward it. Okay. And we have, um, you know. All the information is in there. We have a, a bi-weekly national call, and, um, and we work together. So we'll make well, sure you get everything you need us on. I think uh, you'll find uh, most of that information at our at our website, and that's the first step: is to go to the www.urbantechfair.org website and sign up there, so that we will get you in the database. And then, like I said, we'll bring full support to whatever you need, however we can help you, because we're here to serve. Okay, so unique opportunity right now, and I want to seize the moment of what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, definitely, definitely the zone. So, um, like I said, I'm going to give you information to Candy Best, but we do need to go to the website and sign the email list that way. Um, there you check off that you're interested in the city and also – Whenever information goes out and we blast it out, you can make sure that you're part of it. And okay. we also put you as part of our online, we've got an online um, group where we plan, and then this way we can put your information there and you, you'll stay in the loop. But um, like I said, I'll, we'll give your information over to Candy Best and she'll send you what you need to get started. All right. Thank you both for this opportunity to uh, let me speak and share what we do and enlighten me and. Uh, Introduce me to another strong brother doing some great things that I'll be able to work with, network with. That's, as you said, this is how it works. Yes, yes. So um, is the BDPA active in Kansas City? I can't say that they are. Uh, okay. We may want to connect with Wayne Hicks or Monica Berry, especially Monique, after Monique Berry. August. Monique Berry. Monique. <laughs> but but no, there. As, um, as, as, as I said, uh, Lazan, this is a, a, a movement of the people based out of uh, born out of the social networking uh, environment. So, being a, a part of the Facebook group, uh, feel free to post up uh, your links and your activities of what you're doing because there are more like-minded people. There are more people like Mike Green that are part of that group that would be willing to reach out to you or be able to help you in some way, form, shape, or other. We have over 350 members. It may not seem a lot, but we happen to have three sitting mayors. Uh, We seem to have uh, the presidents of at least six different national organizations and and many, many activists. You know, we have quality, not Uh quantity, and I'm glad to include you in as one of them. I appreciate that. It's an honor, like I said, to... uh be with you, and I just, I'm just I'm just hyped and looking forward to the day after. <laughs> you know, to, to work tomorrow, you know, and formulating and moving forward from where we, from this discussion here. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, we're here for you, and you you can always reach me at Jackie separately. 
Uh, we, you know, we're both public figures. All our contact information is, is readily accessible. And, again, we're old friends. I know we haven't spoken in a good while. Um, you know, uh, here Jackie's reminding me of the old Connecting Black days, but uh, the ConnectingBlack.com, where we used to have a lot of fun there, and I met yeah. a lot of good people. Brother Roger Madison there on Isania. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and we matter of fact, Azania is one of is our media partner. Yeah, yeah, we are um, we doing a cross partnership with Azania Market Deals, and then they're a media partner for us as far as you know one of our media outlets. So, Brother Roger has been a mentor and inspirator to me, just like Brother Lee Green, uh, yes. just like Brother Newsom here. You know, I've been sitting on the sidelines watching y'all. <laughs> You've been very active. I don't know about you sitting on the sidelines. <laughs> and the same with Sister Jacqueline. I've been sitting back watching y'all, you know. Yeah, he's been supportive of everything. He's also at, with part with part of the BBS Value Tour as well. So. <laughs> Great. Great. Well, with that, All right. uh, we'll, we'll end the call, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you and everyone online. Remember to tell a friend and share a post from the Urban Tech Fair. All righty, that's www.urbantechfair.org. Have a wonderful week. Good night. Thank you. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.